We are home. Um, if I rub my eyes a couple times throughout the service, please don't pay attention to me. Um, my eyes just water every now and then, and uh, um, I'm so excited what God has in store for you today. And uh, so I want you to know that uh, today is a special day in the lives of my wife and I and our family and um, uh, what I feel like it in our community and friends. Um, but also it's important for you today. Uh, I didn't come here to talk about my wife and I. I didn't really come here to talk about the journey of uh, my wife and I coming back home. Um, I actually came to talk about your journey. And uh, I want to um, be able to stress to you the importance of a journey. So let me just take you real quickly. I, I'm glad that you're here. Uh, my family and I are truly grateful that you decided to be with us today. And, and I mean that from the bottom of our heart because it reminds me and my wife of how faithful God is to you. He is so faithful to us. God spoke to me when I was just a young boy in 1991. He spoke to me in 1996. He spoke to me in 2005. And, and every time God continued to remind me of the things that he was going to do within my life. And, and today is that moment where we sit there and go, God, you are so faithful. Um, you watch over your word to perform it. And so if it either be written or verbal to our lives, you watch over that to perform it. And so we are thankful because you are truly truly faithful. And we pray this morning. Now listen, we pray that you felt when you walked through that door, uh, when you grabbed your donut or didn't grab your donut, when you had a hot coffee or you had some tea or lemonade, whatever you perhaps had, we pray that you felt at home. We pray that you just had that, that comfortable feeling of being at home. But I, I pray as well that you will make yourself at home. So understand, I'm glad you feel at home, but man, I can't wait until you make yourself feel at home, that you're here yourself at, um, at home. Because together, we are, we are home. Uh, our journey home, I want to share this with you, started back in February when we felt God preparing our hearts uh, for transition. And God placed us in more. And I am so thankful uh, for those men and women who allowed my wife and I to be their pastor. We had not pastored um, as senior pastor ever before. And they were like, we, we welcome young blood. Uh, we welcome your mistakes. We welcome um, your ignorance. Come be our pastor, please. And so we thank them so much for allowing us and to heal um, if you, if any of those guys are watching, we want to say thank you so much for allowing us to be your pastors. But we believe that God sent us there for a reason. And we believe that God sent us there to remodel and to re store and God sent us there to um, to restructure for the future. We believe that so much that God sent us to more for that, but God has sent us back home. Uh, so in March, in March, um, uh, we heard the news uh, that allowed us to feel free to come home. It was something that my wife and I had been ready for, and we resigned our church, and I want to kind of give you the timeline. My wife and I resigned our church in June, and, and it was to be effective at the end of July, and, and uh, I'll never forget that because the second Sunday of August, we started what we would call interest groups. Um, and we had the opportunities to have people at our house, in our backyard. Um, and the first Sunday, we had 32 people show up to be interested in starting a church in Tecumseh, a church called a home. And every Sunday after that, we begin to, to grow and just continue to grow afterwards. Um, people, people who are just interested in building uh, the kingdom in our hometown, their hometown. And listen, I have said this from day one, and I want you to know this because this is my heart. Uh, we are passionately, we will passionately pursue souls, um, the souls of your families. We want you to know that we are passionate about your family. We're passionate about you, but we are passionate about your family. Those members who don't know Jesus, those members who've never given the heart to Jesus, we are passionate about reaching their souls. We are, we will serve and we will bring unity in our community. Um, that's what we will do. We will serve our community as bringing unity 
in it. Uh, we will partner with the existing churches. And I want you to hear my heart. We're not here to compete. We are here to partner because there are so many men and women, young men and women who need Jesus and that we could partner with the churches uh, to build the kingdom. And uh, we're excited about that. And we will. Listen, if you let us, we will lead you into a committed relationship with Jesus Christ where you are passionate about loving God, doing good, and being a friend. That is our existence. That's reason. That's our purpose. That's our, that's our mission. We are here to lead others. And uh, we are excited that you are here today uh, to do so. So we can lead you to be passionate about loving God, doing good, and being a friend. So I want to jump in. I want you to turn your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 15. Um, we're going to go to a, a familiar story, and we're going to talk about the journey home, uh, the journey home. But today in our story, we're going to actually go from a perspective. Now, the next three, three weeks, um, we are going to look at it, this story, three different ways. We're going to look at it from the son's perspective. Um, next week, we're going to look at it from the father's perspective. And the third week, we're actually going to look at it from the brother's perspective. And so each week, we hope to build off of the previous week and uh, give you perhaps a different perspective. Um, you may not see this story the way we preach it today. Um, and you may not see it the way we preach it next Sunday. And so hopefully, I'm enticing you to come back because you want to see it from the father's perspective. I promise you. And perhaps I can warn you uh, as we look from the brother's perspective um, as well. So we're going to look at this. And, and I, I don't want to take you, take you to a few favorite stories um, of a gentleman who journeyed home. So Luke chapter 15. Now listen, before we get in there, I want you to know this. Uh, in the last story, Luke chapter 15, we find that in the very last story of a series, this is the story that we're going to read. Um, that's uh, the last story of a series of stories that carry the same, listen, the same theme and that is that God places value on the soul of man. So I want you to know, when we look at Luke chapter 15, if you read the whole chapters, there are three individual stories, and each story has a theme. They're all the same theme. And that is that God places value on the soul of man. On your soul, on my soul, God places great value on that soul. So much so that he would, even if you were the only one, God would still send his son to die on the cross. That's how valuable you are as an individual. It doesn't matter. God looks at this, these stories and the theme of it is that God places value on your soul. Even if you were the only one, he would send his son to die on the cross. And, and, and so, listen, the theme carries the urgency. So when we read these three stories, we find that the theme also carries this urgency, urgency of finding that which is lost so much so that he will stop everything until he finds that which is lost. So I want, you to, I want you to get the theme this morning because these three stories are so important um, because all of a sudden it reminds you and I that the importance of the soul, the value of a soul, and it's so important that he would stop everything just to pursue you. And so the first story is about a shepherd. Maybe you read the story. You're like, ah, I remember the shepherd. I think he had a hundred sheep. Exactly. He had a hundred sheep and one of them got lost. The Bible said he left 99 to go after the one, the value of the one. He was so, so concerned about the soul of that one. The Bible says that when he found that sheep, man, there was a party that was thrown. And the Bible reminds us that there was a party in heaven that happens when there's this one soul comes to him. And then the second story begins another theme the same theme just another story and the second one's about a woman who had 10 coins and she loses one 
She searches the whole house until she finds it. She cleans it. She stops everything that she's doing right there in that moment. She didn't put, she didn't put it off. She didn't, oh, I'll find it tomorrow. I'll maybe find it next week. I'll find it when I find it. Oh, absolutely not. This woman was so concerned about that one lost coin that she stopped everything to find that coin. The Bible says that she cleans and she searches high and low until she found it. And then all of a sudden she tells everybody that she finds her coin and she throws a big party reminding you and I how important it is for lost souls. And the third story is the one I want to look at. And we'll look at this for the next three weeks. And, and, uh, and today we'll look at it from the perspective of the son. But I want you to go with me today. Luke chapter 11. It's about a, about a son. All of us in this room, I'm looking around. And I think all of us are either, uh, we are a child of someone. <laughs> we either are a son or we are a daughter of somebody. Um, and perhaps you are today and you are lucky to have sons and daughters as well. And so we know what it might like to be from the son's perspective. We know what it may look like from a father's perspective. And we may know what it looks like from a brother's perspective. But today, I really want to focus on the son. Let's look at Luke chapter 15, verse 11 today. It'll be up on the screen as well. But if you have your Bibles, iTab, phone, whatever it may be, let's go. We're going to be looking in the ESV. Um, so uh, for those who are King James, uh, it may be just a little different. And it says this, verse 11 says, And he said, There was a man who had... Two sons. And the younger of them, the younger son, said to his father, says, Father, give me the share of property, my inheritance that is coming to me. And he divided, his father divided his property between them. Not many days later, the young son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living, the Bible says. And when he had spent everything... A severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. The Bible says in verse 15, it says, And so he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that, that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs, for all those showmen out there today. And he was longing to be fed with the pods of the pig, that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. No one had pity on him. Verse 16 says, and he was longing to be fed. Or 17, sorry. But when he had came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. So treat me, treat me as one of your hired servants, father. And he arose and he came to his father and but while he was still a long way off, his father saw his son and, and he felt compassion and he ran and he embraced him and kissed his son on the cheek. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his, to his servants, now listen, this conversation is not between him and the son. He turns away from his son. He looks at his servants and he said, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. Listen to this. For my son was dead and he is alive again. He was lost, but he is found and they begin to celebrate. Man, isn't that the theme of the two, the three stories? I mean, the, the one who left the 99 to go after the one. When he found the one, he celebrated. The woman who had 10 coins and, and lost one but found it, and they celebrated. And this father said, kill the fattened calf. We are going 
to celebrate. Verse 25 says, now the older son was in the field, and as he came near to the house, he heard the music and the dance and all the commotion that was going on. And he called to one of his servants and, and asked, what does these things mean? And he said to him, your brother has come. And your father has killed the fattened calf. And because he received him back safely and sound. But he was so angry. And he refused to go into the party. And his father came out and entreated him. And he, and he answered his father. And he said, look, these many years I have served you. And I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a goat, a young goat, that I might celebrate with my friends. But when his son but, but when this son of yours, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him? Really? For him? And he said to him, son, you're always with me. And all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this. Your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. This morning, would you bow your heads in a word of prayer? Father, we thank you so much for your love, your mercy, and your grace. And Father, today, I pray you'll anoint our ears to hear your word and our hearts to receive it. And God, I pray, Lord, as I just begin to dive into this message, this message that is a theme of you, this theme of your, your love and your compassion, that you will leave everything, God. You will stop everything just to search for that one. And that you are concerned and we are valued. Our soul is valued and we are valuable. We thank you, Father. Bless your people today. In Jesus' name, we say amen and amen. I, this, the next three weeks, again, we're going to look at the story in three different perspectives. Today, we're going to look at the sons. Next week, the father. And then the brothers. And, and you heard, you probably saw those three aspects within the story. Uh, you probably saw the story upon the, the son. And then the father had a role. And then the brother also had a role, and I think it'll be interesting for you to come and listen to those three different perspectives. And so today, let me go with point number one today. As we read the story, it is very um, easy to perhaps be a little hard on the brother. Um, and, uh, and if we really put ourselves in his shoes for a moment, now listen, I'll be a little creative if you don't mind. Um, I'm going to look at this story and say, I'm going to put myself in the younger brother's shoes. I I'm going to take a look at it. I'm going to look at it from his perspective. And perhaps this morning, it didn't go like he planned. Perhaps this morning, I know we give him all a little hard time. Like, he asked for all of his money. He asked for an inheritance. What a bold move. I mean, his dad was probably my age, 40-40. I mean, 44. 44. I was 40-40. I don't know what that is. Maybe, I'm 40. I'm a man. I don't know, all right? 44. And maybe that was a little um, rude. Uh, hey, listen, son, I got a long life to live. Why are you asking for your inheritance now? I got a long ways before I give that to you. Maybe that was bold. Maybe that was rude. But, but maybe, maybe him ending up in the pig pen was not what he expected. Maybe that wasn't what he planned. Maybe just for a moment, let's just put ourselves in his shoes and he had big plans. He had aspirations. He, was, he had big dreams for his life and he just needed to take that moment and capture it perhaps. Maybe just maybe, maybe it wasn't how he, he planned it to be. Because I think if we talk about the journey coming home, you got to talk about the journey away from home, right? I mean, you can't, you can't have a journey home if, you have, if you've not left home. And so we find this younger brother leaving home. And we find that he did. He asked his father a bold move. He asked us for his inheritance. And I don't think it was just so he can waste it, though. 
Maybe I'm just wrong. I know what the Bible tells us. And I know he says that he went to another country and he wasted his money. But maybe his intention wasn't to waste the money. At first, at first it wasn't to waste the money. Perhaps this morning he had bigger plans than that from the beginning. You see, the father, uh, the further we, you and I today separate ourselves from the father, we become less dependent on our father. I want you to hear that just for a moment because I want you to let this settle in. When the son decided to leave home, he began to put separation between him and his father. No longer was his father speaking into his life. No longer did his father have protection over him. No longer was his father able to say, son, that's not a wise decision. Son, you shouldn't do that. Because he began to separate himself from his father. In years, he finds himself in a far country, and he has separated himself from his father. So I wanted you to know today, the further you separate yourself from your heavenly father, the less dependent on him you will be. You become independent. You begin to think that your plans is your best plans. Maybe you have all the, you should make all the decisions and perhaps you know best. And I challenge you today. I challenge you to stay close to home. I challenge you to stay close to the father. I challenge you today to understand that the father knows best. He truly knows best for you. And I want to explain this. Let me illustrate it for a moment. Talking about the son perhaps didn't plan this. He didn't plan to waste his money. He didn't plan to be eaten with the pigs. Anyone in this room would ever think that someone would plan to end up in a pig, pig, pig pen. Thank you. Pig's pen. Would be crazy. He never expected that. That wasn't his plan. Perhaps we want to ask the bum on the street. Did you plan to be a bum? I think he would tell you, absolutely not. Go ask the veteran who's on the street today because he's homeless and ask him if that was his plan. It was your plan all along to serve your country and then find yourself out on the streets. And I think he would say to you, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Absolutely not. Ask the mother who feels that it's feels forced to sell herself to provide for her family. Go ask her. Ask her, did you always dream to do this for your family? Did you always dream growing up to sell yourself? And I think she would tell you no. I think that she would tell you absolutely not. Once you ask the son who wasted his dreams, had all the ability and all the talent in the world, and he wasted it on some addiction. Once you ask him, once you ask her, once you ask that father, that mother, and they will tell you absolutely not. That wasn't my plan. It wasn't my plan to be an addict. It wasn't my plan to be an alcoholic. It wasn't my plan from the beginning. I had bigger dreams for myself. But the more that I separated myself from the father, the less that I looked toward him, the less that I was concerned about what he wanted for my life. And I was more concerned about me. The more I had this distance. Once you ask the high school sweethearts that who is making the decision to get a divorce, once you ask them, would you ask those high school sweethearts? My wife and I were high school sweethearts. Actually, she was my high school sweetheart, and I was her college sweetheart, all right? She was a little older than me. Um, and so she was a sophomore in college when I was a sophomore in high school dating. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Be jealous, right? No. <laughs> Listen to me this morning. High school sweethearts, ask that couple. Ask that couple, 20 years that are now making the decision to, have a, to, take a, to get a divorce. Ask them if they planned it that way. 
And they would tell you, absolutely not. But the more that they separated, the more that they didn't allow God to be center of their lives, they separated themselves from their father. You see, this morning, ask the father who found himself busy, so busy trying to provide for his family that he lost his children. Once you ask that father today, did you plan on losing your relationship with your son? Did you plan on not having a relationship at all with your daughter? Did you plan on that? And they would say, absolutely not. I was just trying to provide for my family. I was just doing my very best. And I would say today, they never planned for that to happen. Not at all. But in the process of trying to provide for the family, the father lost his children. None of these scenarios were planned, I don't believe. The ones that we just gave to you, I don't think any of them was planned. I didn't wake up when I was a kid going, whoa, I can't wait to be an alcoholic like my daddy. Never said that in my life. I never said, oh, I just want to continue on like all the other men in my family. Did not say that. Never thought to myself, I I would love to serve my country and be a bum on the street. Never. I always had great aspirations. I always was like, hey, I want to go and play college ball. I want to go to the NFL. All of us wanted to go to the NFL, especially now. They're getting paid big bucks. I mean, all of us would like to go there. I mean, we had great dreams. We had great dreams. None of these scenarios were perhaps planned. But my friends, I got to tell you today, when you make the decision to separate your life from your father, you separate yourselves from your father to, to, to live out your life without asking him for direction. I'm telling you what you will find yourself doing is not how you quite planned it to be. When you set out to live the life that you want to live on your own and separate yourself from the father, I promise you today, you'll find out that your life is not quite like you planned it to be. That's not the way I planned it. That's not the way I want it. That's not what I hope for. You see, the son, I, in my opinion only, I'm being a little creative today. I don't believe that the son today planned on ending up feeding pigs or eating slop. I just don't believe it. But because he separated himself from the love of the father, and understand my wording today, nothing can separate you and I from the father's love, but you and I can separate ourselves from him. And the more that we separate ourselves from him, I got to tell you, your life will end up not the way you planned. Here's the second thing today. Pastor James, will you throw me my water bottle? Absolutely. Don't throw it to me. We know how that is. One, oh, it's all gone. All right, all right. Pastor James. Hey, would you stand? Will you give Pastor James, our youth pastor, a hand today? I didn't correctly introduce him. Here's point number two. Here's the deal. I think the son will tell you today on his journey home, he would say, my first step was the hardest. I think from the perspective of the, of the son, I think the son would say today, hey, my first step toward home, my journey home was the hardest step ever to take. And I think that you and I today, we would say the same thing. You see, in verse 17, he makes this statement. He says, he says, and in verse 17, he comes to himself. The Bible says he, the son finally comes to himself. He comes to the point that he goes, aha, my father, man, this guy, he's rich. My father has service. My father has plenty. Maybe I could just 
Get out of this pigsty because this is not how I planned my life. It's time to change my life. It's time to get out of the pigsty. It's time to get out of it and change my life. In verse 18 and 19, we find that the, the son actually begins to make a plan. He begins to ponder on his journey home. You see, the son begins to say, hey, listen, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go home and I'm going to say to my dad, dad, listen, I'm not worthy to be your son, but if you'll let me be a servant, I would really appreciate that. He begins to make this plan. He's like, ah, I'm going home. I'm going home. Today's the day I'm going home. I'm going to journey however long it takes me to go home. And he says to himself, I'm going to tell my father, I'm not worthy to be your son any longer. But please let me be your servant. Please let me be your servant. In verse 20, we find that he even makes a statement because I really believe that in verse 20, it was his first step toward home. The Bible said that he arose and he went to his father. Can you imagine that just for a moment? Finally, he comes to himself and he's like, hey, I came to my senses. I don't want to live like this ever again. This is not how I planned, so I'm going to change it. Doesn't that make sense for you and I today that the only one that can change your circumstance is you? You're the only one that can finally go, ha ha, I get it. Let's make a change. Let's change how I'm living. Let's change the fact that I am distant from my father. And the closer that I can get to my father, the better life is going to get. And so the, the son makes the step, the first step. And I think that today, if he was here, he would say, hey, listen, from where I was standing, that first step was the hardest step ever. You see, because the first step means this. It almost admits that you have done wrong. <laughs> That first step of coming home means that I admit that I'm wrong. And nobody in this room likes to admit that you've done wrong. None of us. My wife and I, listen, my wife and I have been married for 20, fixed to be 25 years. Wow. And I am so excited to make it 25 more years. I don't know about her, but I am. But I got to tell you this. There was moments in our relationship that I don't want to admit that I'm wrong. Actually, I don't think I ever had to. But that's not right. I'm always wrong. Let <laughs> Make sure I'm clear on that. Right, guys? All right. So we, no one likes to admit. And all of you guys are going, I am not saying a word. I am not saying my wife is sitting beside me. I'm not going to say anything. My wife is always, always right. But see, the first step always means that it means this. It means facing the consequences of your actions. Do you think that this morning that that son actually wanted to take the step home and face the consequences of his actions? See, today, you and I, our journey home means that we have to take a step toward saying, listen, I did wrong. And I got to take on the responsibility of all of the consequences of my actions. And I got to tell you, that's a hard step. The first step home is hard. The journey home is hard. I have to admit this one from her, his perspective. You see, the first step means that you would have to swallow your pride because your plans didn't turn out like you planned it. I mean, that's a big swallow. I'm a prideful guy. And, and for him to be able to say, listen, my step home means I got to swallow my pride because it didn't go the way I expected. And so I was wrong. There's got to be a better plan. Dad, what did you expect? Dad, what's your plan for me? Dad, what should I do with my life? It's that moment that we have to swallow our plan because our plans didn't, it didn't, didn't go the way we expected. You see, it's everything that we have mentioned is not easy. None of it. Facing that, the consequences is not easy. Admitting that we're wrong is not easy. None of those things are easy at all. And so the first step of going home is difficult. I get it. It's the hardest. 
But after that, after that, it makes it easier. I can only imagine that after that first initial step toward home, going home, the more that the closer he got home, the more joyful that young man was. Man, the closer I got home, the closer I could see home. I was so excited to meet dad. Couldn't wait to get home. I don't know what dad's response is going to be. I don't know how he's going to act, but I cannot wait to get home. Because if anybody's ever been away from home from any length of time, man, you know you're homesick. I'm homesick. I'm homesick for a relationship with my dad. I haven't heard from my dad in years. Listen, my dad's been gone for many years. And I would love to hear one more time my dad said, that a boy, I love you, son. I would love it. But I don't get that opportunity, so I understand what it would be to long for that. And every step after that first one became easier and easier because the first step is difficult. Many never take that step home. See, today, I believe in this room, and maybe you did come. Maybe you know me. You like me. Maybe you like my family. Maybe you like someone that's here. And you're like, hey, I just wanted to go and and celebrate this new beginning within my family, within my friends. But you didn't come on accident. I got to tell you that. You came on purpose. And God ordained this moment for you, even perhaps if you came because someone is here that you like. And maybe you have been away from the Father way too long. And I got to tell you, all you got to do is take that first step. I know it's hard. (laughs) I know it's difficult. That's what the Son tells us. But all you got to do is make that first step. Because many will not, but I pray that you will today. Here's the third thing I thought of today from the perspective of the son. I thought this, I, 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 said, I thought that perhaps maybe from the perspective of the son that the thought of facing his father was terrifying until he saw him. Let me explain that for a moment. I can, I can only imagine that when he came to himself, he was like, hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to my dad and I'm going to say, hey, listen, I'm sorry. I am not worthy to be what? Your son. So I'm going to approach him as a new identity, as someone different. I don't want to approach him as a son because I think I'm going to let him down. So if I can approach him as a servant, it's going to be a little bit different. <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? I'm going to approach my dad, not as his son, because as his son, I let him down. I just want to approach my dad as somebody else that maybe I can benefit from him. And this son, he felt not worthy to be his dad's son, but maybe just a servant. And so maybe the thought of facing his dad was terrifying until that moment he saw his dad. You see, the Bible tells us in in verse 20 of that chapter, he says this, it says, and he arose, he takes the first step and came to his father. But while he was still a long ways off. And I don't know how long that was. Was that a mile? Can you, can you see a mile? I can't see five feet without my glasses. Actually, I can't see my hand in front of me. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe the father had good eyesight. Maybe he had his binoculars out there. I don't have a clue how far he could see. But the Bible says while he was still far away away, his father saw him. His father had compassion and he ran and he embraced his son and he kissed him. Now, I got to tell you for a moment that that's not the reaction that the son actually thought was going to happen. I can only imagine because you see, I believe that the son was terrified to see his father until he saw his father. Because when he saw his father, his father was running to him. 
When he saw his father, his father was smiling from ear to ear. When he saw his father, he has tears in his eyes. When he saw his father, there was this great joy that his father had that only a father can when his son comes home. And in that moment, what used to be terrifying was calming. In that moment that that you felt so ashamed, you felt proud to be there in, in the midst of your father. He's my dad. I did wrong, but that's my dad. And I love it because all of a sudden in that moment, in verse 21, it says, and the son said to him, he said, father, you know what I did, right? I mean, you know, I asked for my inheritance and and I went out and I was going to build me a business. I I was going to take your money and I was going to invest it, Father. I really was. But the more I was away from you, the more, the more I listened to other people and I spent my money doing things that I should have never done, Dad. Dad, I sinned against you. Oh, I wanted to make you proud, Dad, but I didn't. Dad, the the truth is I, I wasted your money. I've sinned against you and heaven. And I am no longer to be worthy to be called your son. He said, I'm no longer to be called your son. He says, but the father said to his servant, I got to tell you this because I want you to highlight this. He never has a conversation with his son here. He just turns, he listens to his son and he listens to his son say, I'm not worthy to be your, your son, dad. I've sinned against heaven and you. I've wasted the money. It didn't go like I planned. And his son just, his, his dad just turns and he looks at his servants and he says this to them. He says, he said, he said to his servants, bring quickly. Don't, don't, don't waste any time. <laughs> he said, I want you to go quickly and I want you to go get the best robe. My boy doesn't look like my son. He's got to get a robe on. <laughs> my son's been through hell and back. Something's got to change. Go get the robe. Go get the smell off of him. Go get the robe. The Bible says that all of a sudden he said, I want you to put it on him. Don't wait. He doesn't have to shower. I want you to put the robe on him. I want him to be able to identify that he's my son. He feels unworthy. I need him to feel worthy. He feels ashamed. I want him to feel that I still love him. So in that moment, the father said, I want you to put the robe on him. And I want you to put a ring on his hand. I want him to know that he's still my son. I want you to put shoes on his feet. Because he wore those things out when he came journeying home. (laughs) That journey must have been hard. That road must have been rough. Because his shoes are wore out. Go get him some shoes. Let's go put them on. Put it on his feet. You see, the journey home can feel very terrifying. If we don't know how the Father will react to us. For those who are here today and you, you know, you know that you got to go back home. You know, it's not a church. I know our name is home, but I'm talking about in a relationship with Jesus this morning. And you're here and you say, you know what? I need so desperately to go home, to journey home, to be in a relationship with God. I so desperately need that. I'm coming to my senses today. I realize that I'm in need of my father and maybe I'm not worthy. But I'm worthy because my father is not going to ask me a thousand questions. He's not going to ask me, what did you do with my money? He's not going to ask me. He's not going to say, I am so disappointed in you. You should have done better. You had all the talent in the world and you wasted it. Why? He's not going to ask me those questions. 
He's going to have open arms. So can I tell you today, I'm going to ease you. His reaction to you is not taking off his belt to bend you over to beat you. Whoop you, as my, my daddy would say. I'm going to whoop you, boy. It's not his reaction. His reaction is to, to love you. His actions is to accept you home. His actions is to help you to get an understanding that it's better to stay home than it is to run away. I had the opportunity this morning to go back to back. Every, if you don't see me at the beginning of worship, I'm in the back with the kids. I love it. I've always dreamed of the opportunity to be pastor, to go and bless my children before I ever come up to take the stage. And so I go back to children's ministry and I go back there and I do a little um, message with them. And, and today Micah was my helper. And I said, Micah, well, the only reason I picked Micah is because he knew who I was when he came through the door today. He's like, ah, I know you. He didn't know my name. He just knew my face. He remembered me. He's like, I know you. And so today when I was back there, I, I, uh, I picked him and I said, Micah, I want you to go to the general store. I want you to pick an item. I'm going to turn my back. I won't say what it is. I want you to bring it to me because I'm going to preach a dynamic message off of whatever item you bring me. So he brings me a ring, <laughs> a panda ring at that. And I thought that's so fitting because of today's message. And I was like, oh, Micah, if you only knew that there was a little boy who asked his father for everything. And maybe he had some great plans, but it didn't end up the way he had expected it. And one day he decided to come home. And that first step was hard. And it was terrifying because he didn't know how his dad was going to react. But when he got there, his dad put a ring on his finger just like this. And he's smiling from ear to ear like, like this. And I said to them, God loves you more than you ever know. I know they're small, but the opportunity to bless them. And my prayer every Sunday is this. I pray that at a very young age that they would accept Jesus as their personal savior. Because the truth is today, moms and dads, we got to reach them today before we have to rescue them tomorrow. So at that young age, let us continue to pour into life that it's okay to come home. If you ever find yourself separated from God, just come home. The journey will be difficult, but just come home. Just come home. Let me give you this today, Pastor Kelly. I think I'm working on 35 minutes, just so you know. I'm trying. Here's the fourth thought from the, father, from the son's perspective this morning. You see, this morning, the journey home was worth it. I know um, there'll be some other perspectives that we'll look at. Um, as weeks next week and the week following, we'll look at it from the father's perspective and we'll look at it from the brother's perspective. But I, this morning, as we look at it from the sons, when he got home, it was all worth it. Did you realize that when he got home, the attacks didn't end? The things that were said about him didn't end? You see, you could expect that being out in the pig pen, Lance pig pen, you expect people to say things, but not when you come home. You don't expect 
people to say things about you when you come home. But that's not the perspective of the brother. I mean, the son comes home. He makes a decision to come home. And the journey was not easy. The first step was hard. Even when he got home, his brother was like, hey, why are you here? Why are we throwing this party? Why? Why are we making a big deal? Is it really worth it? Is, is killing the fatted calf worth it? And it's like they didn't stop. The talk continued. But even in the midst of that, their journey home was worth it. If just changing his outward garments, putting a robe on was all he was going to get, I believe that the journey home was worth it. If it was getting a ring on the finger, maybe, let's back up, maybe just getting the kiss from his father and the hug. It all been worth the journey home. If it was that moment that you saw your dad running at you and you thought, dude, he's gained a lot of weight. He's going to roll down the hill. Dad, slow down. If it was just that moment, it was worth coming home. But from the brother, it was as though he didn't miss a beat. It was worth it. He wasn't eating what pigs ate. He wasn't working pigs any longer in the fields. He was with his father. And today I got to tell you this morning, I want you to look at me. I love eyes. I know you're not teenagers. I've done teen youth ministry for all my life, all right? So I like looking at eyes. But I got to tell you this morning, the father is looking forward to you coming home. He can't wait. And it doesn't matter why you left or it doesn't matter how long you've been gone. And I realized today from the son's perspective, I realized I was told this when I was a young man that sin, it'll take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. It'll cost you more than you wanted to spend. And that son will tell you the same thing. But coming home was the best decision he ever made. Would you stand this morning? I'm going to ask that you just bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. I'm going to ask you a few questions if you don't mind. I'm going to ask that you be honest with yourself. No one's looking around. It's just between you, God, and myself. I'm going to ask you, are you here today? And you say, you know what, Pastor Jerry? Not quite the service I expected. I expected this grand opening and this speech about how glad you're about being in Tecumseh. That's not what you preached this morning. And you stepped all over my toes. And you don't even know anything about my life. But I have been away from the Father for quite some time. And life didn't go the way I planned. So look back as a young child and look at my life now. It's not how I planned it. It's not what I hoped for. And you're right. That first step is hard because I've been wanting to come back home. I've been wanting to get right with my father. But making that step has been so hard, Pastor. 
maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, pastor? You're right. It's terrifying to think what dad's going to think about me. So uh, that's one reason that I haven't gone. But how you let me know today that my father is expecting me. I want to come home. And if you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Jerry, that's me. I would love for you to pray with me and for me. I want to come home. I need Jesus in my life. Would you raise your hand today? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You can put your hands I want to pray for you today. I'm going to ask you, these, these altars are open today. And we haven't built our altars yet. And there's not carpet out here. But it's still an area that we can come and pray. And if you're here today, if you raised your hand or if you didn't raise your hand, during this next song, if you say, you know what? I just want to pray. I want to get, a, get along and I just want to go front and I want to pray. You're more than welcome to do so. Father, I thank you so much for this day. This day for the hands that were raised that said, you know what? I've been away way too long. I've separated myself from the Father and the plans that I had didn't go out the way I planned it. And I've been wanting to come home, but but God, the truth is that first step has been very hard to think about what you're going to say or or how you will react. It's been terrifying. (laughs) But God, I've been reminded today that you love me. And that you would search the whole world for me. And that you would even, for me only, you would still send your son to die on the cross because my soul is valuable. And that you love me that much. And so, God, I pray today that you will move upon those hands today. I pray, Lord, as they admit their wrong and as they begin to cry out to you, I pray, God, that you would forgive them. We know that you will. And so, Father, I give you glory and I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Will you worship this morning? There was hands raised over the building that said, I want Jesus in my life. Hallelujah. The heavens worship this morning. Worship with us this morning. Hallelujah. If you just need prayer, you could come forward today. Hallelujah. Just come as you are this morning. If you're tired of just hoping for an answer, if you're wishing you could let your guard come down, if you feel like you can't hold it all together.